With no fees or minimums, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than deciding to listen to another episode of your favorite podcast. And with no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and there's guest producer, who's actually a real producer, too, uh, Dave Kustin. So guest producer, in your mind, means ghost producer? <laughs> no, I, I don't think he's dead. Are you dead, Dave? Well, not a real producer? I don't know. What's going on here? So he is the producer of Short Stuff, which is technically a spinoff of Stuff You Should Know, but he's here sitting in for Jerry on Stuff You Should Know, which would make him a guest in this particular context. Okay. But enough about that. I was just saying all that to welcome everybody. Now it's ruined forever. Sorry. Instead, Chuck, uh-huh. I think that we should talk about conservatorships. And before you say anything, oh, no, no, uh-huh. no, no. Yeah, before you say anything. Inhale. Yeah. I understand. And I think everybody who didn't realize what episode they were listening to just inhaled too. Um, I searched high and low for something to relate this to in the real world it could find, like, nothing. <laughs> so this is probably going to be a fairly boring, dry episode on, you know, legalities and the for legal sure. system with no uh-huh. no application to, to real life and certainly no application to pop culture uh, whatsoever. So buckle up, everybody, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Oops, you did it again. <laughs> oh, I happen to be wearing a Catholic schoolgirl skirt right now, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this obviously came to me because of the Britney Spears situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know a lot about Britney Spears and didn't know a lot about her situation other than loosely hearing about it in the news. But the more I poked around, uh, the more I was like, man, this really this really smacks of sort of the old days, you know, like, Your Honor, my wife or my daughter is crazy and mm-hmm. we need to do something about this. And uh, I use that terminology because that's that's kind of how it used to go back in the day, and sadly, that kind of stuff still happens right. through things like conservatorships. And so, it turns out that it's a pretty straightforward thing, but in her case, the waters are pretty muddy. Yeah, well, she's a really rare case. The only other person I can think of that even comes close to fitting the bill for this very rare type of conservatorship that Britney Spears has is Amanda Bynes, who is another oh, child right. star who kind of publicly um, melted down, I guess you could put it, and whose mother got her into conservatorship, which I think she's still under today um, and bristles under it publicly too. So um, most of the time when you're talking about conservatorships, which is basically one person legally having the ability and authority to make dis- decisions on behalf of somebody else, mm-hmm. you're talking about somebody who has gone into a coma, um, somebody who has had um, uh, uh, cognitive um, difficulties, maybe mm-hmm. for life. Yeah. Um, somebody just suffering from Alzheimer's or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Much, much more, more often than not, it's, it's something that's part of elder law, a conservatorship is. So it's really, we, it's rare, weird. You can just say weird. It's very weird that Britney Spears, a very healthy, um, with it, uh, active, um, like I think she's like 30-something, early 30s right now, um, no, late 30s. I think she's 39. Um, she that, that she would be in a conservatorship, but she has. She has been since she was 26. And, and it may, maybe she's coming out of it. No one can say for sure. It's kind of looked like, well, of course they're going to let her out of it multiple times in the past. 
but it seems like, from what I understand now, she might actually finally get out from under this conservative ship at this point. Who knows? Yeah, so um, just a little quick background, if you didn't know, uh, and not to get too in the weeds, but in 2008, Britney Spears had uh, what people have described online as a kind of a public meltdown. Uh, her Her family was worried about her. Uh, she was hospitalized for mental health issues. Twice. Twi- a couple of times. She famously shaved her head and was very aggressive with the paparazzi. And, you know, it's very easy for some people, I guess, in her family to say, uh, hey, she has some mental issues. She needs some help. Um, let me step in and establish a conservatorship. But it's also easy as an outsider to look back now and say, hey, she went through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the paparazzi is awful and terrible. Mm-hmm. Right. And what might you do in that situation? And maybe she just needed a little assistance to get through a particular time in her life. And here we are in 2021, all these years later, and she still has her father basically in charge of the decisions of her life financially and with her health and uh, and in certain cases her career. And she's she's trying to get him out of there first and foremost, as her conservator, and also trying to get the conservatorship itself dissolved. Yeah, because I think one of the things that makes her case so gut-wrenching is that basically her worst enemy, her father, was put in charge of her life against her will. And she's lived like that for 13 years. Um, so, well, I mean, we'll like we'll talk about how her case applies, you know, um, throughout the episode for sure. But just to kind of like lay down the the, the groundwork for what a conservatorship is, um, there, apparently there's not one set legal definition. Like you could very easily just basically say it's where somebody's legally in charge of somebody else's decisions. Um, some states call it guardianship. Other mm-hmm. states call it conservatorship. Um, but the whole point of it is that somebody has been deemed unable to make good decisions for themselves, mm-hmm. to some, sometimes physically take care of themselves, or maybe even both. And so the court um, has been petitioned to kind of give someone else the ability to make those decisions to take care of that person. And the, the point of it, if you really, if you take away the whole Britney Spears thing and any kind of um, sketchiness that can kind of pervade this whole kind of, this 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 legal weirdness, um, it's kind of an act of love to step in and say, this person is in really bad, dire straits right now, and um, I will help them while they're going through this, or possibly for the rest of their lives, I'm willing to take care of their needs and see to it that they're taken care of. That's what it's supposed to be about at, at base. Sure. And ideally, that's how it goes down. Um, there is not a lot of data about conservatorships and how often they are petitioned to get uh, um, uninstated. <laughs> is that, is uh, that a word? I think it's removed. <laughs> I like uh, uninstated. I like it too. It's a great, great word now. Okay. I just made up a new word, everyone. You could win Boggle with that, Chuck. Uh, and we'll get to the, you know, why that is a little bit later. But um, when you petition a court, what happens is there is an evaluation that the court orders of this uh, person who is known as a conservatee mm-hmm. and the person in charge is the conservator. Mm-hmm. And there's an attorney appointed uh, to represent them. And they hold a hearing, and they decide whether or not this is something that they should move forward with. There's an evaluation done. Um, the person is allowed to speak on their behalf at this time. Um, it's not the kind of thing where you can uh, just be railroaded. And I'm not exactly sure the details of Britney Spears when that when it first happened, as far as if she was like, yeah, this is for the best right now, or if she fought it no. from the beginning. No. But I, th- I think she was um, – you're saying no, no to which one? To to the first that or that she was she was in favor of it. I'll tell you in a second. All right, we'll go Are ahead. You, you want me to tell you now? We don't have to wait a second wait. any longer. Okay, I'll I can't I'll, wait. I'll fill you in, Chuck. Get this. I, I so, watched some of the documentary, but I uh, had other things to do. I saw the documentary too. It was surprisingly ho hum and totally one sided. I thought yeah. it was really kind of gross in a lot of ways, but interesting for sure. Um, but I also read a I read a really good New Yorker um, article, a recent one from July third, I think, called Britney Spears Conservative sh- Conservatorship Nightmare by Ronan Farrow and Gia Tolentino, two top notch reporters. And it is just a moment by moment breakdown on well Britney's breakdown and then also like um, how she ended up in it. And from this and other sources I saw that basically she was not informed 
um, that she was being placed into conservatorship beforehand, which from what I can tell is a gross violation of her rights in that sense. And that she didn't have a chance to petition the court to basically say no. And then by the time she found out about it and tried to petition it, she was told that she was not in any kind of uh, mental state to hire her own counsel. And so she had counsel appointed to her. So she never had an evaluation? From So the judge in this case is now retired. And she said that that is not true. Of course, she was evaluated, and I talked to her and all that stuff. But the 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 way that this is described is it was a 10-minute thing. And it was they went in and, and as far like on the surface, the the her parents went in and petitioned the judge. And 10 minutes later, the judge granted full, or I guess, temporary conservatorship um, without any any other formalities. That's how it that's how it is, you know, on its face. And then the judge is denying that there was any backroom um, deals or anything made beforehand. So it doesn't really make sense. And it kind of stinks to high heaven in that respect. Yeah. What did she think was going on then? Who, Brittany? Yeah. When she I, was evaluated. That's the thing. I don't know that she was evaluated. She had just undergone two 5150s where the, um, the, the, basically the state. Two Van Halens? Two. Not just one, two. She had a 5150 and an OU812. <laughs> oh man. She um she no, so the 5150 is where somebody can basically say this person is is um is mentally unstable right now. They may be a harm to themselves or others and the the fire department comes and gets you and takes you off to a hospital where you're kept against your will for 24, 48, 72 hours. That happened to her twice. And upon the second one, her parents went and petitioned the court to to grant them conservatorship and the court did. I don't know anything about a an evaluation that actually took place as part of the conservatorship. I get the impression that it was like, oh, she said two fifty one fifties. That's enough for me. Interesting. By yeah. the way, we can't say that without shouting out uh, listener Aaron Hagar. Oh yeah, that's right. Rock on, yeah, Aaron. We have to. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. So there are some different types of conservatorships. Uh, one is financial, and they often work hand in hand and sometimes kind of have to. Mm -hmm. uh, financial, obviously, is when you are in charge of someone's finances. Uh, the conservatee themselves have autonomy, but they don't have financial autonomy. Um, they can't you know, go out and buy a house or rent a house or mm -hmm. make any big purchases or maybe even any kind of purchases without the conservator sort of being there along the way saying it's fine. Yeah. And I think they also have like they generally have spending money. They're given an allowance. Right. Um, so they'll have that at least. But yeah, for the big purchases, no way. Uh, physical is when their health and basically medical decisions, their health and their life, kind of everything is controlled by the conservator, I know I'm going to mess it up at some point, <laughs> um, whether or not they want to go to a therapist or whether or not they want to have certain medications. Supposedly, they, you know, you can't make someone take medication um, legally, but it, again, especially in her case, it gets very murky with some of the charges she's levied against her father as far right. as that stuff goes. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, on that in particular, what I saw was that the the carrot and the stick that her father uses against her is um, visitation rights yeah. for her to see her kids. Brutal. Because that was definitely one thing that came through in a lot of stuff I've been reading is that, like, she is super dedicated to her kids and they've been just kept from her for, you know, their, basically yeah. their whole lives. And that that was ultimately what really led to her meltdown. You know, the paparazzi right. didn't help and, you know, just being a star. Public um, divorce. All of that stuff did not help. Um, but that all, it was, you know, it's her kids that is really like the, the dagger that just gets turned in her chest every time, like she, she had to like leave or they had to leave. Um, and right. that her father dangles that over her. Like, if you don't do this, if you don't sign this contract and do these performances, you know, I can't let you see the kids or whatever. So right. that's apparently that's. Cause he gets a cut. He does. He gets 1.5% of all new deals too. Yeah, and she's made a lot of money in the past, you know, years that she's been uh, locked down. She's right. had a very successful Vegas run. She had a couple of big albums. She's been guest judges on a couple of the big uh, competition shows. So mm -hmm. she's not, she's out there earning a lot of money still. Right. For her and Pops. Yeah. Uh, there's general conservatorships, and that is when it's it's kind of everything. And these are more common. It, it's kind of rare, it seems like for there to be uh, 
only a physical conservatorship without being a financial, mm-hmm. uh, because those things are probably kind of go hand in hand. Right. So general is all encompassing. And then you have your limited conservatorship where it's uh, usually this is a case where it may be like, um, let's say an adult that's uh, disabled in some way that still wants to have and can have uh, autonomy, physical autonomy, Mm -hmm. and maybe hold down a job and have their own apartment. But there's just certain parts of their life that a conservator will handle. Right. So um, the the, everything I saw is that limited is what you're ultimately going for when you're establishing a conservatorship. You want to you want to minimize the number of restrictions necessary to help the person through their life while maximizing their individual liberties. Yes. So so when it goes down like it should. Yeah. And it's not supposed to be a one size fits all like, boom, this person has all control over them. It's like, how much do you need? How much how much do they need to give up? That's supposed Mm -hmm. to be the goal of a a conservatorship hearing. Yeah. Uh, And then you've got sometimes they're uh, categorized by their length. Uh, You can have short term, temporary or permanent uh, with short term. um, Usually it's not more than a few months than 90 days. And it's because of some thing that happened. It's an immediate need. Um, these can sometimes go down without that formal hearing that we were talking about mm-hmm. because it is short term and, and, you know, capped off at a certain point. Uh, that is different than temporary, though. Um, temporary can turn into permanent. Yeah. Uh, whereas I don't think short term can. Yeah, I think temporary is where they're like, okay, this person may get better at some point, but we have no idea when. But when right. they do get better, they're going to want to have their life back. So let's just make this temporary. Short term is where I saw I saw that it's frequently used for when somebody is going into like drug rehab or something sure. like that, and they have like a, a lot of plates in the air or a lot of finances. Um, al- although one of the things that I saw is that finances are not supposed to be a reason for conservatorship, right? It's supposed oh, like, to be to help the I'm afraid person. they'll spend all their money. Yes, that's supposed right. to not be a justification for conservatorship. And the problem that I have from the outside with Britney Spears' conservatorship is that it seems to be 100% predicated on that. Yeah, it seems that way. That it's almost like the, this poor this poor person, her brand grew bigger than her. And so to protect the brand from potentially her, you know, spending it into the ground or whatever. Yeah. They they placed her in a in conservatorship so that she can't she can't make decisions about her own brand. And yeah. then that's being kind of reflected on her own life. So she's being held hostage against well and also being forced to perform. It's one of the most bizarre things I think that's ever happened in the legal system. It's and especially it's nuts that it's been ongoing for so long too. And so public, yeah. It's yeah. a very interesting case. Yeah. Uh All right, let's take a break. Yay? Yay. All right, no nays. Dave's not saying nay. No. What if Dave just piped in? I was like, uh uh. No, keep Keep going. going. Keep Keep going. I'm the conservator here. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back right after this. Listen to this. It's a game changer. Amazon is now in healthcare. Yes, Amazon. It's called Amazon One Medical. They offer same-day appointments. And if that's not convenient enough for you, they also have 24-7 virtual care. Yeah, you know, imagine you're feeling so sick that even the thought of getting out of bed is just too much for you. With Amazon One Medical, you don't have to leave the house. Of course, what good is that if you then have to drag yourself to the pharmacy, but you don't have to do that either because of Amazon Pharmacy. It makes a lot of sense. Delivering things fast is what Amazon is known for, and that's exactly what they do here. They'll deliver your prescriptions directly to your door. No waiting in pharmacy lines with people who probably all have something worse than whatever you're there for. Again, this is a game changer. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy and Amazon One Medical, healthcare just got less painful. (laughs) 
Hey everybody, it's time to talk about Squarespace. Squarespace has absolutely everything you could possibly need to build whatever website you're trying to. You can host video content and organize your entire video library, plus showcase it on beautiful video pages. You can use analytics to grow your business and learn where your site visits and sales are coming from. What else, Chuck? Well, buddy, if you got merch, then you can sell it on Squarespace. You can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. Design your products and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. Yeah, and if your business is appointment-based, you can accept appointments on your Squarespace website. You can offer online or in-person private sessions, workshops, and group classes. And Squarespace provides everything you need to manage your schedule, accept secure payments, and send automatic reminders, all in a beautiful showcased site. So just go to squarespace.com slash stuff and you're going to get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use our offer code stuff to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. If you want to know, then you're in luck. Just listen up to Josh and Chuck. Stuff you should know. So, Chuck, um, there was one other type of uh, conservatorship by duration that we didn't mention that is apparently pretty typical, which is permanent. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that. I guess I thought it was self-explanatory. No. It's permanent. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Well, it's permanent (laughs) in spirit, um, but you can, as we're seeing now, file to have it removed or un- I don't even know that word I coined earlier. Unreinstated. <laughs> I don't even think that was it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Re-uninstated. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't have so, that either. So, um, non-instated? See, the whole point of coining new words is you got to be able to use them at the, you know, drop of a hat. Yeah, but I mean, you got to, it takes some practice. You know what I'm saying, man? I know. So, I know. the reason permanent, though, um, is so typical in, as far as conservatorships go is because most of the time when you end up in conservatorship, it's because you you suffered some sort of very debilitating problem or right. you've had it your whole life. Like, it's just, it's 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 a long-term issue that you're dealing with. So, you're this is a long-term solution, a permanent conservatorship. Right. And that really ties hand-in-hand hand with kind of the next part about how to get one. Um, it is usually, almost always, because of some sort of mental incapacity of some form, whether mm-hmm. that's temporary or, like you said earlier, for a temporary, like, you know, someone's in an accident and they're in a coma, mm-hmm. but they come out of the coma in two weeks and then, you know, work their way back to good health again. And they wake um, up and they're like, Ricky Lake, we're engaged now? <laughs> Ricky Lake. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you really pulled that one out of some, Thank some you. dark Thank place. you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, you know, we mentioned stuff like dementia and Alzheimer's. That is a very, very common case mm-hmm. um, for conservatorships. Or if you have, like you said, from birth, if you have some sort of um, permanent disability, um, no matter how that came about, then that's, you know, oftentimes like parents or some other family member just from the time you're a kid have that conservatorship. Yeah, and, and basically there's like a two-pronged test to applying a conserv- conservatorship. I'm going to say it correctly the first time one of these <laughs> one of these times in this episode i promise you can't even say conservative no i, I can't <laughs> man that's great chuck um so is the person unable to basically meet their own basic needs like care for themselves feed themselves mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um in which case there would be a, a conservatorship of the person where you can make like medical decisions for them, right. maybe living arrangements, like decide if they're going to live in a long-term care facility, something like that. Or, and or, um, can they make decisions for themselves which are um, sound financially? Like, can mm-hmm. they understand the contract that they're signing? Can they understand that if they, you know, buy this house that they have to pay this amount of money or something? Like, and if they can't do either or both of those things, then a conservatorship might be just the thing to kind of help them make it through life, especially, again, if they have um, substantial wealth or if they are just totally unable to care for themselves. Yeah, and, you know, the the way this goes down, ideally, and I think more typically than what we're seeing in Britney Spears' cases, you know, medical records are presented. They're, the probate or family court is handling this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conservatee is either 
uh, understands and goes along with it because they know it's for their own good or um, isn't, you know, is clearly not capable, which is why they need the conservator to, to begin with, mm-hmm. of making these decisions. And again, it's just super rare for this kind of case where someone is having something done seemingly against their will kind of from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, like, for the most for the most part, if you're in a conservatorship, like, you might not even be conscious. You might have no idea that you're yeah. under conservatorship. Sure. Um, you might not be able to work or hold down a job or remember to, to feed yourself. You're certainly not going on world tour and releasing four albums, two of which go platinum, and then uh, maintaining a Vegas residency and generating $130 million in income over you know, 10, 13 years, something like yeah. that. It just makes, the, it's just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And I, I have to say also one other thing. I don't want to give the impression that I'm just like a, like a hashtag free Britney person. Like I understand that those people have um, just the best intentions and my hat is off to them. But I also think it's very, very wise to remember, like we're seeing all this from the outside. Most of the court documents involved are sealed and so there's a lot of like tea yeah. leaf reading and trying to figure out what's really going on here. And it's it's entirely possible that that this conservatorship has kind of helped Britney. Like the people who defend who have been involved and defend it say, you know, she had a couple million dollars left. Some of the worst people in the world surrounding her. Um, her money was going fast, her brand was starting to go, and now she's worth like 60 to $80 million. She's back on top. She doesn't have a bunch of scummy people hanging around her. Um, and then the scummy people are like, no, these people came in and wrestled control of Britney's own life, and now they're in charge of her, and they're, they're bilking her for money. So it's, it's really impossible to tell who to trust at this point in time. So I think it's, it's wise to, to at least keep something of an open mind, even if it seems totally on the surface, like uh, this, this pop star is being held prisoner in public, right. you know? Well, when you need those tea leaves read, you know you get. Hold on, hold on. I don't know. You get Ronan Farrow. That's right. He AKA can read them. Frank Sinatra Jr. That's right. <laughs> no, he's Junior Junior, right? Oh well, I mean, Is he's he supposedly Frank's Woody son. No, I mean, he's supposedly Woody Allen's son, but do oh, he, he looks look more like, like Woody Frank Allen's Sinatra son. or Woody <laughs> no, Allen. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the first person. I mean, that's it's a it's a big thing online. Like, come yeah, on, yeah, yeah, sure. That's that's Frank's kid, sure. But uh, who knows? Supposedly not. I don't know. Okay. Boy, we're uh, just we're just hitting the celebrity <laughs> I know. beat all over the place. Uh, do you remember Kids Beat on Nickelodeon? Yeah. See, See you, you next, next time, time on, on Kids, Kids Beat. beat. <laughs> that popped into my head the other day out of nowhere, and I was like, "Did I just make that up?" That was a thing, though. Uh, yeah, I I don't remember anything but that catchphrase. That sign same off. here, same here. Nothing else. Maybe we had a, a group hallucination. It's possible, like the Berenstain Bears. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. What's that called? Uh, something effect. The Mandela, Mandela effect. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, in her case in California, in this House to Forks article that we got a lot of this from highlights this. Um, it is different in every state with, with a lot of le- legalities like this. So it will differ depending on where you are. But in California, they have something called the Judicial Council of California's Handbook mm-hmm. for Conservators, where it does lay out about a dozen rights of someone like Britney Spears, uh, which uh, one of which is they can directly receive their salary. So supposedly she, like, it, it's not like the checks get written to Jamie Spears and he doles it out. Uh, right. Supposedly by law, she is receiving her salary still. Oh, oh, that's not at all what I heard. Oh, really? She has her living expenses met, and they total about $425,000 a year. Um, so she has everything she wants, but she doesn't pay for anything herself. She says, well, that I doesn't want this mean, or I need this. That doesn't mean that the check isn't made out in her name. Oh, no, you know no, no, saying? no. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. But the whole the whole her dad doling it out, that's, that's oh, 100% yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm just saying is, is like, the check doesn't come in I his name. Yeah. No, it's all it's all in her name still. Right. Agreed. So, uh, the right to receive calls and mail and see people. Uh, you can change your will um, legally. You can get married. You can hire your own lawyer, which was has been a big bone of contention with the Britney Spears case mm-hmm. because she had this court-appointed lawyer for many, many years until very recently mm-hmm. when she was finally like, can I at least hire my own person? 
and, and the, they the did whole, allow that. The whole Free Britney crew has basically been like that. That lawyer is chummy with her dad, right? Like he's working for her dad rather than her, you know. Um, so yeah. It, yeah, it might have been. That's why at the beginning I was saying like she might finally be getting out from under this conservatorship because she has a new lawyer of mm-hmm. her own choosing. There's so, a new sheriff in town. There is, and everybody's running for the hills. <laughs> Uh, what we're seeing play out now are another couple of things on the list. The request to either change conservators or end the conservatorship. Mm-hmm. They are allowed to vote. Um, they're allowed to control their own allowance, but it doesn't, you know, that very clearly doesn't mean they're allowed to st- establish their own allowance. Yeah, or what the amount is or anything, yeah. Uh, their medical decisions and business transactions are uh, should be under their control. And uh, was there one more? Um, so basically anything you're allowed to do at the, at the beginning of it, of the conservatorship, you should be able to throughout. Um, there were a couple of things in there that, that, uh, and that was, I think, California's rights, right? Yeah. So this is a California case. She's under a California conservatorship. So all of those should very much apply to her. Um, but she said recently that, like, her father won't let her get married. He decides who she can date or not date. Yeah. And, and again, I don't think that's that's legal, but right. I think he can threaten, like— um, Sure. Uh, uh, visitation. Um, not just visitation, like um, restraining orders. He can take out restraining orders in her mm-hmm. name against whomever he, he, he deems— um, like inappropriate, and I guess can demonstrate to the court that this person might be a bad influence on her, um, and that that that's probably how he is has been able to decide who she dates or doesn't date because she wants to marry a dude right now, she says, and have more kids. And the other big, the really truly shocking revelation that she she revealed recently is that she has an IUD that her father won't let her remove. Yeah. So she can't have kids. So her reproductive rights are being infringed upon under this conservatorship. And that is a very big deal. Yeah. And again, this is the kind of stuff where there's there's two, two sides talking and we don't know the real truth on the inside. But at the very least, like when an accusation like that big is is levied, you have to, as a, I would think as the court, have to look into that kind of thing. Yeah, and there there have been court-appointed investigators before, um, and one of them I read concluded, like, she should probably not be under this conservatorship anymore. It wasn't like, you know, they joined the Free Britney crowd or anything like that, but, it, like, that was their report and their recommendation. Um, but it's like you're saying, you know, we're seeing this from the outside, so... Like the the people who who are on the inside in this conservatorship point out, like you know, she wasn't worth very much um, then, and she right. is now. So she's kind of thriving under this arrangement, which is apparently a way that a conservator somebody could end up in a conservatorship for the rest of their life. Right. Is thriving under the conservatorship. And then conversely, if you struggle under the conservatorship and have a really hard time, that can be used as evidence that you need to be under the conservatorship as well. So you kind of get this impression that it's like a if you're if you're like a with it person able to make your own decisions and you find yourself in a conservatorship, you probably feel like you're just totally out of your mind and just can't believe this is happening to you. It sounds nightmarish right. if 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 it's like as bad as from what Brittany's saying it is, you know? Well, yeah. And, and I'm sure she's in a case where she's trying to establish something a little more nuanced, like emotional well-being rather than like someone can, a, a judge can say, look at all this money you've made since this has happened. And, right. you know, it's, there's a lot more to it than that, though. It's to be a whole human. Well, that's another thing, too, though. So the original co-conservator, along with Jamie Spears, Brittany's father, was a guy named Andrew Wallet. And he was mm-hmm. court appointed. <laughs> oh, boy. Terrible name for a conservator. <laughs> Terrible. Like, he should have just been like, I can't be a conservator because of my last name. But he yeah, was. Andrew C.O.D. And he was for many, many, many years, actually. And actually was under... Uh, under his conservatorship or co-conservatorship that she kind of like came back and started working again and um, started making money again. Uh, and I guess kind of thrived at least uh, as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was basically run out of the conservatorship on a rail because he asked for a salary toward the end of $426,000 a year, wow. which is a lot of money. The thing is, his point was like, look, if you're a conservator, basically, uh, under normal circumstances, you're just kind of keeping up with somebody's quiet life, one per- one everyday person, 
and their quiet life and their little finances and making sure they're taken care of. As as conservator of Britney Spears' estate, he was like running basically a international a business that yeah. had all these fingers and all these pots. And he said, most people who are in that position make millions of dollars a year. I'm asking for mm-hmm. 426000 So, like, that to me was a real reminder. Like, oh, yeah, there's actually two sides of this coin. Like, this is an sure. unusual situation for anybody. Um, yeah. And it, it kind of makes sense in, in that respect. Although, if you look at the normal amount that a conservator would, would charge for their time, um, he was asking for a lot, actually. Yeah, and that's a good point. As far as your obligation as conservator, you uh, – and again, put Britney Spears aside for a second. In these ideal situations, they are genuinely taking care of these people, mm-hmm. meeting their daily needs and necessities, making sure all their bills are paid and their checkbook is balanced and you know they don't uh, go in the hole financially. Um, the big hooking point here, though, is, is that if you're a financial conservator – you are not supposed to be using that person's money for your own benefit. Um, yeah. Like you said, you are allowed to take a a salary, and it, it says in this article somewhere between forty and a hundred dollars per hour, mm-hmm. which means Jamie Spears uh, is taking a hundred dollars per hour at forty hours a week because he's getting sixteen thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. and that's that's what it comes to, like the the basically the top rate at forty hours per week. Right. Which when you look at that, I mean, if that he like you said, though, he also gets a cut of her stuff Um, to play devil's advocate. He is taking a salary commiserate with what a conservator uh, historically can take. Yeah. So uh, Andrew Wallet, if you look at it from the from the perspective, well, he's a conservator and not actually like running the business, then he yeah, he'd have to work more than 80 hours a week, 50 weeks a year at $100 an hour. But yes. again, his point was, this isn't a normal conservatorship. This is running the right. Britney Spears in, multinational enterprise f- for her benefit, you know? Yeah, and if you're the conservatory, you also, you know, you're going to at some point probably have to answer to the court, especially in some a case like this. So mm-hmm. you got to have all your ducks in a row. You've got to keep receipts, and you've got to have a paper trail to kind of back up everything. You can't just waltz in there and say, like, trust me, everything's going fine. Um, Supposedly, you're going to have to have pretty robust records for kind of every financial decision you're making on behalf of your conservatee. So that's ideally. Um, now we reach the the reality, and that's this is one good thing of Britney Spears' um, uh, conservatorship and all the, the light she's shining on conservatorship abuse right now, is like this is an issue in normal, like non-celebrity society where people can get preyed upon by yes. basically a professional conservator. Um, and there was a general accounting office report that basically said the states have no idea how many people, how many of its citizens or residents are in, under conservatorship right now, how yeah. much money is being held in conservatorship right now. They might have a good idea in some cases. In other cases, they have no idea. And as part of the report, the GAO basically made up f- um, identities in uh, like four different states around the country and applied for conservatorship. And they were granted in all four cases or all four states conservatorship to to be to go out and be a conservator to a stranger and take control of some stranger's finances as part wow. of like as their career. And the states didn't check their background, didn't run their social security numbers, didn't do a credit check, didn't do anything. They just basically rubber stamped it. Like, this person wants to be a conservator. There you go. You're a state licensed conservator now who can go take control of the finances of someone who's never even met you before. And like, in that respect, this is ripe for abuse. This is the kind of situation where a judge is morally obligated to give as much attention to to each case as needed to make sure, 110% sure, that the person under conservatorship is not being exploited, is not being taken advantage of financially, is not um, being kept, uh, I think they call it isolated, um, medicated, and liquidated, um, and and kept away from their family and their loved ones. Um, It can be a nightmare unless the court is overseeing this properly. And apparently in all cases they don't, which is just unconscionable. And judges who drop the ball on that should be run out of town right into jail themselves. 
All right. Well, let's take a break. <laughs> good, thanks thanks for backing me one. up on that one. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back right after this to talk about where how you can end these things and some legislation that might could help as well right after this. Listen to this. It's a game changer. Amazon is now in healthcare. Yes, Amazon. It's called Amazon One Medical. They offer same-day appointments. And if that's not convenient enough for you, they also have 24-7 virtual care. Yeah, you know, imagine you're feeling so sick that even the thought of getting out of bed is just too much for you. With Amazon One Medical, you don't have to leave the house. Of course, what good is that if you then have to drag yourself to the pharmacy? But you don't have to do that either because of Amazon Pharmacy. It makes a lot of sense. Delivering things fast is what Amazon is known for, and that's exactly what they do here. They'll deliver your prescriptions directly to your door. No waiting in pharmacy lines with people who probably all have something worse than whatever you're there for. Again, this is a game changer. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy and Amazon One Medical, healthcare just got less painful. If you want to know, then you're in luck. Just listen up to Josh and Chuck. Stuff you should know. All right. So I mentioned before we get into how you can terminate this, uh, this sort of dovetails with, with your... Uh, with your great soapbox moment right mm-hmm. before the break, mm-hmm, if I may mm-hmm. say. Yeah, I remember. Uh, there is legislation as of um, about an hour and a half ago. I read this on New York Times. Wait a so minute. It is, was published an hour and a half or you just read it an hour and a half ago? It was published an hour and a half ago. Oh, wow, that is late breaking. Is, <laughs> for stuff you should know, this is super late breaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, two members of the House uh, co-sponsored. And, you know, when you see these bills co-sponsored on both sides of the aisles for these kind of smaller bills, that's when you know that government can work was it was it senator lance bass and senator joey fatone (laughs) that's good thank you uh co-sponsors rep charlie christ a democrat of florida and Uh nancy mace republican from south carolina uh legislation that uh if they passed it would create um a pathway for britney spears and other people to replace their private guardian uh or conservator so it basically um, it argues for more accountability. It argues um, that um, that we need more data on this stuff. Like you were saying, how like no one knows how much money is tied up in this. No one knows how many people are trying to get out of these. Yeah, there's just like it's it's shockingly. Uh, I don't want to just say willy nilly because that's probably not fair, but understudied at yeah. least underobserved. Yeah, underobserved for sure. So uh, as of now, in order to get out of a conservatorship, you have to prove fraud or abuse that mm-hmm. that is, has occurred to have that be replaced. And this bill would kind of roll that back and say it doesn't necessarily have to be abuse or fraud. It could just be that they don't aren't comfortable with it. Their emotional yeah. well-being is not being uh, met or whatever. And just to make it a little bit easier to free someone up from these conservatorships. And so we'll see that was, uh, there was one a few years ago in 2019 that didn't get beyond the house judiciary committee, but everyone's kind of thinking with all this attention right now, because of Britney Spears case that they might have a little momentum to get something like that done. Oh yeah. Big time. Like there's it's a, called there's the, a... the free act, by the way, uh, I <laughs> no. appreciate the acronym. Hashtag freedom. Free? <laughs> no freedom and right to emancipate from Exploitation Act. Oh, okay. All right. I, I can respect, like, bending over backwards a little bit to make that work. That was all right. <laughs> okay. I think, Chuck, also one of the reasons why they um, they have erred to this point on the side of making it more difficult to remove a conservator is because they've kind of, um, there's like a, uh, this uh, maybe a, a suspicion that, you know, you could have a fight or a falling out or something like that mm-hmm. over something totally unrelated to the conservatorship. Right. And, you know, the person could be, now the person could be like, that's it, you're not my conservator anymore. I want you out of my life or whatever. And the person might be great as their conservator. Um, and it might be a really good conservatorship, but it just, you know, there was that that moment or that falling out. So it, in that sense, it should be made difficult. But then on the other hand, it's like, 
is that really the way we should be airing? Should we be airing toward, you know, away from the the rights and the the desires of the person whose whose life and responsibilities for their life has been taken away from them? Like, shouldn't that shouldn't they at least have the right to choose who's calling the shots for them, who's making those decisions for them? And I, I think ultimately, I I kind of lean toward the the rights of the individual. Yeah, I mean, it also makes you wonder about, you know, if there, let's say there's no kids involved and it's a case of um, someone abusing drugs or something like, it is an interesting slippery slope to think about whether an adult has a right to throw their life away Yes, and, ma- and make yeah. bad decisions or yeah. whether or not it should be legal for someone to be able to step in and save somebody. It's like, that's just really... I don't even know how I feel about it. It's just an interesting thought uh, experiment. I came across something called the the right to risk, where basically it's exactly oh, what you just said. Like yeah. everybody has the right to just blow it completely, including a fortune, including fame, including um, you know alienating loved ones, doing whatever you want to ruin your own life. That you have that that right. But I think the law recognizes that there are some some mental states mm-hmm. that a person can can enter to where they wouldn't otherwise want to do those right. things. And right. I think that's what the people under who are running Britney's conservatorship are saying that like Britney isn't capable of keeping people who would unduly influence her to to throw her life away at bay. She can't keep those people at bay. She yeah. doesn't understand the documents that she's signing. And then there's whispers and or a, a, like hushed rumors of like, no, the real reason she'll probably be in a, a, a permanent conservatorship is because there's some diagnosed mental illness that is just sealed because it's a medical record. Right. Um, and that that's kind of like what gets leaked out on the conservatorship side. So um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think having like a, a, an attorney that is of her choosing who's sharp that is working for her and her alone, getting into this and really finding out what's what and going into court. um, I think that that would be a, that's a, I think that'll be a really, I'm interested to see what the outcome of that is. I don't see how that couldn't be a good step at least to have more investigation done by someone of her choosing. Yeah, because for years, apparently her big problem was not with being under a conservatorship. It was her dad being the conservator. Right. And so he was co-conservators with a couple of people, and she apparently even was fine with one of them for a little while. But then um, they resigned because she said she wasn't fine with them any longer. And then now it's just back to her dad being in total soul control. So I I wonder if, like, if her dad is forced out and it's just strictly, like, lawyers and fiduciaries who are in charge of her conservatorship, if she would be like, no, this is fine. I'm, I'm fine with this. I wonder. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that and this legislation as they kind of go hand in hand. Absolutely. You got anything else? I got nothing else. Uh, I do want to shout out uh, my pal Babs Gray, uh, Barbara Gray and Tess Barker are two comedians in L.A. And they uh, were in that documentary and have mm-hmm. championed Britney's case for a while. And they have a new podcast out. And it's called, they had one called Britney's Graham, Britney's Instagram, the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, but now they have a new one called Toxic colon and boy if we get our new uh (laughs) colon barbershop quartet inserted there that'd be great the britney spears story so that's getting a lot of attention right now cool yeah they're all over the place right now so big ups big ups uh if you want to know more about conservatorships and britney spears and uh lance bass well you can just start searching the internet and jump down that rabbit hole see what happens Uh, and since i said that it's time of course for listener mail Uh, I'm going to call this cool job that I've never heard of. This is from uh, one of our Irish friends. Oh, yeah. I love this one. Uh, hey, guys. First things first. Thanks for a really great podcast. I've been listening every day since my first day as a delivery driver five years ago in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, I spend the week driving all over the country, and you've been my companions. Uh, last week, I came across the episode Jobs from a Bygone Era, a classic, and I wanted to share with you a job my great-grandfather did that definitely applies he worked in Dublin City as a knocker-upper. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> a knocker-upper was a job that existed at a time after the Industrial Revolution, but before alarm clocks were widely available, 
uh, to the poorest that filled the factories with workers. Uh, for a tiny weekly fee, a knocker, upper, was employed to knock on doors or tap on windows. It's like a wake-up call in a hotel, basically. Exactly. Uh, they usually used a pole or a long stick or bamboo to tap on the bedroom windows. There's great pics uh, online of a famous lady in London using a pea shooter. <laughs> uh, my great-grandfather, though, uh, was an even rarer breed as he was known as a knocker-uppers knocker-upper. That's niche. He was employed by the other knocker-uppers to wake them up. Wow. <laughs> so they could go and wake up the customers all over the city. Uh, eventually, they were all put out of business when the country went electric. Cheap alarm clocks hit the market, but they were a snapshot in time and provided much-needed service. Hmm. Wanted to share this little bit of social history with you guys. After everything you've given me, I look forward to a live show in Ireland sometime. Uh, Mike, we'd love to come back to Ireland. We did did that show in uh, that was fun in Dublin, and it was one of the best. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty great email, Mike. Thank you for that. Um, hey, I have a little anecdote about knocked up. About knocked up? Yeah. So when Yumi was little, she thought knocked up meant you were in trouble, like you were grounded. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it, it led to at least one it's case of hilarity cute. with her dad <laughs> asking where her friend was. And she, Yumi said, oh, she's knocked up. She can't oh, come out. Oh, boy. <laughs> her dad was like, what? <laughs> she can't come out for nine months. This is like, yeah, this is like nine or ten years old, I think. So. Wow. That's Pretty very cute. Stuff. So well, uh, thanks, Mike. Thanks, little Yumi. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. And if you want to get in touch with us like Mike did, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at iheartradio.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Hey, friends, when someone says Amazon, do you think healthcare? Well, maybe you should. Amazon One Medical offers same-day appointments, and if somehow that's still not convenient enough, they have 24-7 virtual care. Not only that, there's also Amazon Pharmacy, so after your virtual care appointment, Amazon will deliver your prescriptions directly to your door. Now, waiting in line with people who are sick with who knows what. It's a new era of healthcare. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy and Amazon One Medical, healthcare just got less painful.